0: We're talking about father's house haven't we together and um, that's left me room to incorporate some of our core values so week before last we looked at Jesus is our message today I want us to talk about people are our heart. Um, can I be honest some of you are saying he's always honest but can I be honest we're living in difficult days aren't we and once this live feed is finished today, I'm going to cut it and I'm going to pray for those who are in the building. Uh, for those who are on the live feed, please take some time out to pray. But I just think there's a lot of confused people right now. In the church and outside of the church, you see all those people in London demonstrating about something or other yesterday. Lots of people demonstrating about all sorts of things. And uh, with the social distancing and the masks and the there's the vaxxers and the anti-vaxxers. It's even got into the church. People said the. Mark of the beast is the vaccination. Well, try paying a McDonald's with it then, because it ain't going to work for you. But all sorts of stupid things have kind of been said. I don't know about you, there's a bit of a tetchiness around the country, probably around the world if we're, we're totally honest. So when you feel it in church, you know, let's. We don't want the spirit of the age in here, but we have all been affected by what's gone on, haven't we? So when we talk about people being our heart, I, it's even more important this morning that. We understand that we're all human, that we all need support, that we all should be cheering each other on and encouraging each other. You know, we belong to the church of the living God, amen, and that's where we are this morning. The Bible is full of um, lots of people making a great deal of mistakes, isn't it? I mean, I'm glad my story's not in the Bible, aren't you? Because, you know, you get King David, although he gets some cheers, he gets some booze as well, doesn't he, for some of the things that he did, and Moses as well. And so their faith was tested, and sometimes they did well, and sometimes they did bad. But when you read through the scriptures, and then you you read as well about Israel, God's first and chosen people, how they loved God with all their hearts one day, and then they were worshipping a calf the next day. So there's this um, theme throughout the whole of the Bible about men being good towards God and then letting him go. And, and disrupting their lives with each other and f- in fighting and it's through the whole of the scripture so we shouldn't be surprised that we belong to this strange group called mankind should we but then jesus comes and jesus is our message isn't he so whatever's gone on or whatever continues to go on our reference point in this church every sunday morning and every time we meet together is just jesus Thank you for the 160 plus of you that joined in this week. There's not, that's more than we've got in church, so there's other people been watching us as well, praise God. And there's about another three churches that want to join in with the Just Jesus thing. If you haven't watched it this week, please go back and watch it. Again, Rich made some great points. He, didn't say, he said that God didn't wipe our slate clean, he took the slate away. Yeah. What slate? Yeah. Isn't that amazing? We belong to Jesus today. So the focal point of all of our ministry has to be Jesus. And Jesus comes along and he says these words, a new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. By this will all men know that you're my disciples, that you have love for one another. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Whoever claims to love God, yet hates his brother or sister is a liar, Whoever does not love his brother and sister whom they can see cannot love God who they have not seen. So it's imperative, if we want to be like Jesus, that people are our heart. Love one another as I have loved you. Because if, in Sedgley our love for people is hypothetical, then it's totally hypocritical, isn't it? The Pharisees were a bit like that. They knew all the words. They knew all the references. They knew all the stories. And yet they didn't live out the heart of God towards other people. They were more interested in being self-righteous than loving people. And, and then Jesus comes and the scripture says about Jesus, he is full of grace and he's full of truth. I've often said from this pulpit, he's not a cocktail. He's not half grace and half truth. He's 100% grace and he's 100% truth. And, And the problem with this is, if we adopt a whole grace theology, we let everybody get away with everything. And the sin that so easily besets us ruins our church and our lives. But if we are full of truth and no grace... What we do is we bring people into a place of condemnation because they can't live up to the Lord. None of us have been able to live up to God's perfect law, have we? That's why Jesus came. So here in this church, we love people by dealing with them 100% full of grace and 100% full of truth. So we're not going to compromise on what the Bible says and the standards that it's set, its morality, its way of life, what we should live and how we should live. But at the same time, we're going to love like it hurts and welcome people back because we've all sinned it's not some of us are better than others there's not a two-tier system in this church that some are righteous and some are not quite so righteous you know we are only righteous because of what Jesus has done just like Rich did with his calculator didn't you like that round his neck this morning (laughs) a great visual aid but it speaks a thousand words doesn't it sometimes a picture God is not calculating your sin against you this morning. He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. I've banged on for years now in this church about a culture of honour. And I hear people trot out their old chestnut every time I mention it. Honour is something that has to be earned. Where did you read that old gem? Because it wasn't in the Bible. Honour does not have to be earned honor is given when moses tells the people and jesus repreaches it to honor your father and mother let me read it in the amplifiers because it gives you a whole new uh, strength of rendering honor respect obey care for your father and mother so your days may be belonged in the land the lord your god gives to you nowhere in there is a clause about your mom and dad being good to you it says honor your father and your mother because honor is given so when I talk about a culture of honouring this church, well, I'm not going to honour them because they don't honour me. That's not the way it happens. We show honour, love and respect regardless of what anybody else does. This is the way of Jesus, isn't it? When you look at the Bible, and you see the way that Jesus treats people with so much love and respect, yet so much straight truth. That's where we need to be, isn't it? The Jesus model full of grace, 100% yet full of truth. Not compromising the word, but loving people, knowing that they cannot attain the standard without Christ and encouraging each other in the word. I talked to somebody earlier this morning. You know, the truth sets you free, but then sometimes you get tangled up again. So sometimes you have to revisit the truth, don't you? On a daily or a weekly basis. So next week we haven't for a long time but when we drop the live feed next week if you'll bring you a little bit of juice and your bread we're going to break bread together socially distance is that okay because we haven't had communion for a while have we but the communion table always reminds us always takes us back to the cross always takes us back to the sacrifice of jesus and preaches the gospel again and again and again it's by grace you've been saved and this is not of yourself it's the gift of god We just need to love people and there is no excuse. So we've learnt a few lessons on the way, I guess. And especially during this pandemic, we've heard a lot to learn a whole lot more about relationships, I guess, in a way that perhaps we didn't appreciate before. Some of us learnt that we actually liked people that we couldn't see. And we missed the time that we had with our family. Especially when they weren't here at Christmas. Christmas is one of them terrible times. If you do something for three years running on Christmas, it's a religion, isn't it? You can't break it. As your partner, somebody around for Boxing Day, you've got to have them every year then. Don't do it. My first point is this. People don't fit into a box that we call church. See, we want people to behave, to believe, and then belong. That is never going to happen. Because actually what we've learned is that people want to belong, then they believe. And then as they find the grace of God and the word of God, then they start to behave. You can't get people in here just, they look, oh, you can come because you, you, you look like you're righteous. And you look like you're not going to play us up. And, and that's not the way it works. Our heart is going to get bigger for those that are lost. And even if they come in and don't behave, when they find Christ, they're going to find their lives are turned upside down and inside out again. And the truth will set them free and they will be belong and they will believe and they will behave according to God's word. We are those that believe the Bible. And if you're a follower of Christ, you're a follower of his word. Let me make that very plain and clear. Because we're not here to fill the church. Jesus said he'd build his church. And what he does along, he brings people along and he connects us to us. And we look at them and think, however would God have brought them in? But he's full of grace, isn't he? As it puts people together in a most powerful and wonderful way. So, people don't just fit in our box called church because we want them to. So, we've got to be big-hearted, yet still full of grace and still full of truth. Second thing is this: people need our love and care. Statistics have told me this week that two million children are grown up in the UK without a father. That's not those that are in single homes. These are these are kids that we can never say they don't even know who their father is. They have no father. millions that never see the dad apart from once in a blue moon elderly living alone people lost in addiction there's no shortage of people to love and to care for but let me just say this very clearly people don't care how much we know until they know how much we care there are people out there that are craving relationship and friendship and we take Jesus to them by being that kind of person don't we not by preaching a whole big message sometimes, but just showing some love and concern and empathy and walking alongside them and allowing the love of God to shine through us. You can't change anybody, but you can represent Jesus. We are, the scripture says, ambassadors for Christ. We're supposed to be out there representing our King in all that we do and all that we say third thing we've learned is this that people take time don't they if only they came to the church and changed overnight but they don't they settle down and they get stuck into things and then they mess it all up and we all get all angry with them but let me, let me remind you the greatest teacher and preacher and mentor that ever was was our lord jesus christ and he spent three years with those disciples and they still managed to cock it up and upset him and let him down just before he died didn't they so I don't know why I beat myself up so often about people's, you know, lack of commitment and so on and so forth. They didn't know how much Jesus loved them and cared for them until they, it was, till He actually rose from the dead. They were messing about. They'd mis- felt almost like they'd misled Him. Some of them. So let's not go so to despondent. It's not about what people do on a Sunday. It's about causing people to become wonderful disciples of jesus christ and it means sometimes that we are disappointed it's hard sometimes because we don't like to be disappointed do we but you tell me about any relationship that you've ever had of any worth and quality where at some point you haven't felt somewhat let down or disappointed people are our heart and the fourth thing i want to say is this there are lots of people waiting on the other side of our obedience i've said this before it's one of my favorite sayings people are waiting on the other side of our obedience so there are people waiting for you to walk across the room and introduce yourself they don't know christ today but they are going to very soon as you take a tentative step towards them it could be that you feel like you know you're in a shop and somebody drops something on the floor you pick it up and say god bless you all of a sudden there's a you know you know that you've got to say something that there are those God instances that God is putting in our lives moment by moment, day by day. And people are waiting on the other side of our obedience. And as we reach out to people, we unlock the single biggest resource this church can ever have. Our greatest resource in this church is not money, it's people. And as we let people minister, and as we let release people into their giftings, I hate churches where everything is contrived and controlled, don't you? God is bringing individuals into our church even now and he's got a special job for them and our job as leaders is to recognise what that gifting is and to release you into it that you might be all that God is calling you to be not what we want you to be. Some church is the only place to serve is on the door or in the car park or somewhere else or you could be on a rotor. Oh, I don't want you on a rotor. I want you turning this, this nation upside down and back to front with the power of the gospel. I want you laying hands on the sick and causing the devil some great big headaches because he's calling us to do special things. The biggest problem we have is that we don't like letting people go because what happens if they make a mess? They always make a mess. <laughs> when have you ever let your kids get a toy box out and they've not made a mess? People make a mess. But where there's no mess, what the scripture says, where there's no oxen, there's no mess. Where there's no mess, nothing happens. It's dead, isn't it? I've told you. It's nice and neat down Gornal Wood. Not so neat in a maternity ward. Bless the Lord. People are our single biggest resource. So what does people are our heart look like in real terms? How can we I explain this? So as a church, then we can move this forward and make some of this stuff like real. Because we don't want it to be hypothetical, do we? Because that's just hypocritical. So we need some things that we can do as a church, don't we? I want you to some some takeaway from this morning. So when you're next agitated by somebody, or feel like walking away or throwing your rattle out of the pram, you remember some principles and we start to live by them. Well, the thing is, I believe number one is this. we encourage people, but we do not compromise? Is that okay? That's the grace and truth thing, isn't it? We encourage people but we do not compromise. We cannot move away from the gospel. We cannot move away from the Bible. We cannot move away from the teachings of Jesus. That's what we believe in this church. The second you start to take your stand and put it somewhere else, your church will crumble, your denomination will fall. We've seen it in church history. The second compromise comes, then it's all over. That's why we cling to the truth here because we've got nowhere else to go. And without the truth, nobody gets set free anyway. When you start to water it down, water it down, it becomes absolutely meaningless. So we're those that stick with the Bible. So we we want to encourage people, of course we do. Encourage them in their faith, but we'll not compromise the Bible in doing so. We will give, but we will not be gullible. We've had a bit of that, haven't we? Where we've been ripped off by a few people. That's not going to stop me giving, but I am going to pray for wisdom. So, you know, when, when people come and, you know, we need to minister something to somebody, or actually, even worse, you have to get your wallet out. That's a bad sign when you have to get your wallet out. And give somebody a note or two. But we would do that willingly, but not being gullible. Don't understand? Because, because Jesus loves people and he wants us to minister to people. But at the same time, our God doesn't want us ripped off either, does he? So we just need to keep that in mind. I am going to be a giving pastor. This is going to be a giving church, but we're not going to be gullible. We're not just going to give money to anybody who asks this, asks for it. And we are going to love people. So that's very, very important. So we encourage without compromise. We give without being gullible. We cheer people on. We do not boo people out. There is an inevitability in church that people will come and people will go. And the problem is when they come, We're elated when they go, we're deflated, aren't we? When they come, we go, whoa, new people. When somebody walks out the door, for even the right reasons, we're all down in the mouth. But we've sent some good people out from this church, haven't we? And we love them and we cheer them on still. And even if you leave for the wrong reasons and we don't agree with you, we're not going to boo you out that back door. We're going to tell you we love you and we're going to pray for you. And that will happen. I've told you I'm driving the buzz and some people get on and some people get off but we know where we're going praise the Lord so stick with this number 21 buzz and let's get going somewhere see what God's got for us but it's very very important isn't it because we do get mortally offended listen in one respect if you lead to go to another church and you're going on with God and you're blessed and you're filled with his spirit and you do what God asks you to do then that's okay isn't it Because this church was never about us anyway, it's his church. And if you go, he'll bring on somebody better than you, so way. Just joking. (laughs) Oh, maybe not, but anyway. (laughs) And my final point is this, before we pray, I the life feet to fall and we pray together in the church. We care for people, we don't make them projects. That is so easy. You know, you're you're my project. You're my little project today. And people don't want to be a project, they they want to be cared for. And sometimes in in caring for people and not making them a project, you have to take the pain and let them fail. And that, my friends, is the hardest position of all. Standing here as your pastor, sometimes I think they're going to make a complete boo-boo with that, but they're not my project but we do care. So again, full of grace and full of truth, we can only point out what God's word says and encourage them and pray for them. If people choose to make mistakes and walk a different path, they're not our project. You know, and if we fail with a couple of people, that doesn't matter. As long as we've served with the right heart. God's always big on heart, you know. See, we're big on results. We are a result-driven community. Even though we don't want to believe it, we are. And I'm a result driven person. I've been in sales and marketing all my life. I want to know what my target is, and I want to smash it. And I want the results, and I want, I want, I want to bang, bang, bang. And I don't want to be a... Lo- Listen, we're not losers here. We're, we're lovers of Jesus Christ. And there are times when it's... When I, I want to just sit in my lounge and cry and say, I don't want to be the pastor anymore. And Claire says, you're going to have to go. You are the pastor. Turn up and do as you're told. It's, it's like it for all of us. Don't just think just yes, because you feel like it. We all feel like it. We've had leaders' meetings where we've all sat around and cried because we expected more of each other and more of the church. And you've let us down and we've let ourselves down. But we, we, we are not looking for results here. We're looking for the approval of Jesus. Jesus is so gracious, you know. And sometimes we feel like we've failed, and actually, we've not failed at all. We've just learned. We haven't lost, we've learned. And the next time, we do it better, don't we? And we grow in grace. So people are our heart. And Jesus alone is our message. I'm going to dismiss the online congregation and then we're just going to have another couple of minutes with the Lord if the band want to come back up. So I'm going to pray for you now. As we go from this place together today, Lord, I just pray that you'll bless those that are watching online that people will understand that we are not perfect but we strive to be followers of Jesus Christ and to love people like you love us so help us we pray in our walk and everything we do and everything we say help us to be great followers of Jesus Christ may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore Amen.